Welcome to the Explosion Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast, episode number nine. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen, UK's best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Explosion Ninja. In this episode, I'm joined by Charlie, who's our head of digital PR at Explosion Ninja, and Stacey, who's a social media contest specialist PR ninja at Exposure Ninja. We're going to be talking about how to use bloggers, vloggers and social media influencers to promote your business. Now just so you've got some context on what this sort of stuff can mean. One example that we're going to be talking about later on is just shows how powerful this stuff is. So for those of you who don't know, bloggers, vloggers and social media influencers, these are the sort of online celebrities of our generation. They have huge authority over their audience. And when they promote your product, the results can be really significant. One example that we're going to be talking about later on is where we ran a contest with a blogger. So what she did is she uh, we sent her some product to review. She reviewed that product on her blog and then ran a contest at the end of the blog giving away that product to her audience. Now the product, I think retail value is around 18 to 20 pounds. So not an expensive product, so not very expensive thing to be doing. The results for that contest are ridiculous. Okay, that contest, remember 18 pound 50 worth of products, I think it was, 17,871 entries to this contest, right? The blog post itself was viewed over 9,000 times. 94 people commented on how much they loved this product. It was shared on social media 418 times. The brand who made the product, their Twitter following doubled in five weeks with, with this contest going live. The results that this sort of thing can have are absolutely huge. And in this podcast episode, we're gonna be breaking down the process to go through, how to find the bloggers that are going to be most influential to promote your product, how to reach out to them, what to expect and how to go about managing the whole thing. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's get stuck in. Cool. Welcome to the show, Stacey and Charlie. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) So the topic that we're covering today is how to use bloggers, vloggers and social media influencers to promote your business. First of all, what is a blogger and what is a vlogger? So a blogger is someone who writes an online blog, which is like a live journal or usually it's now on a WordPress site. And a vlogger is someone who records video blogs and they often upload them to YouTube, but they might upload them straight to their own blog as well. Okay, cool. And how can these guys help us promote our business? Or first of all, can they help anybody promote their business, Stacey? Or are there certain businesses that this works particularly well for? Well, generally anybody with a passionate audience. So we're talking e-commerce businesses in particular, it works really well for if you've got a physical product or service that you want to promote or sell, that's the kind of thing that bloggers and vloggers really, really like. And they will lap it up, particularly if you are going to offer them something for free or some kind of experience that they can then review. They, They really, really like that. So if you've got that kind of audience, then bloggers, vloggers, social media influencers, anybody like that, they're, they're really going to want to come on board and try out your stuff. Cool. So Charlie, we'll, we'll go through the, the kind of blogger, vlogger, social media influencer strategy in more detail. But just first of all, give us an overview of how these people can actually help us to promote our products, how they can promote our products to their audience and, and what sorts of things can happen off the back of that. Okay, well, there are loads of different ways that 
bloggers, bloggers and influencers, so I'm just going to call them influencers because it's easier, uh, can promote products and businesses online. So the first way is through sponsored content. So that would be arranging to have a blogger write an article about your business or your product or about a kind of topic that's related and include a link back to your website within that. So some kind of collaboration that involves article writing. Um, with bloggers, it would be featuring the brand in a video of some kind. So that might be like a review video or it might be like testing out a product. It might be just featuring it in their day-to-day life if they record like daily vlogs. Social media, it can be featuring that product on any of their social media channels. So whichever is the most influential. You see it a lot with fashion brands on Instagram. It's really, really big. And then back to bloggers, you can also have traditional reviews and features on their blogs. At Christmas, you get a lot of Christmas gift guides, Easter gift guides and that kind of thing as well, which will be a feature of like multiple products all on a blog. And one of Stacey's specialist things, which is running giveaways with bloggers. So that's where you provide a product for both the blogger and then as a prize for their audience. And they have to enter to win, usually through various different means such as following on Twitter or sending out a tweet or signing up to a newsletter. So that's really good because you get both the link and then the social media coverage as well. So yeah, basically features and mentions online on various different platforms. Okay. So Stacey, take us through an example of one of the one of the case studies that, that you've worked on. How has, you know, in real world terms exactly what sort of businesses are we are we promoting using the strategies and how does it all work and, and what happens as a result? Okay, so I've been working with a couple of brands at the moment which are targeted at mums and dads and family members. So basically kids' products. So there are a ton of mummy bloggers, parenting bloggers, daddy bloggers, vloggers, people on social media. You know, they're all out there. It's it's a very common thing for people to become, you know, parents. You might get a lot of people that decide they're not going to go back to work. So they think, you know, hey, how am I going to have some kind of income so they set up a blog or they might have been in the industry and you know they set up these blogs to as a lot of them say keep themselves sane so they're always on the lookout for stuff for their kids or relevant topics to talk about that is going to be good for them but also good for their readers so the two businesses that we had one of them was bath time products for kids so you're talking cute factor here you know little character towels with hoods and stuff like that so immediately you're going to have interest from mummy bloggers and parenting bloggers because that stuff's cute and if you offer them a cute product that they get to keep they're going to be all over that so an example we had one product that was a gift set so you got a towel a little bib and a I think it was a wash mitt or something and we sent out a few pitches to some influential mummy bloggers that uh, I already had contacts with but also through some forums and through references and referrals from other mummy bloggers and we set up a review and giveaway so that's the best thing that we've found works and the thing that the bloggers themselves will request so most people when you contact them if you say hey we've got this product we want you to review it they'll say okay that's great how would you feel about us running a giveaway alongside because that means that they can then promote that across their social media and it actually garners more views and more shares because their readers are potentially going to get something from it as well. Got it. So we're basically giving these guys a product which their audience is likely to love. They run, they write a review of it saying how awesome it is and then they give away one at the end to get more yeah. engagement from their audience. 
Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Okay, so what we're going to talk in a bit about how we can find bloggers to run this sort of influencer campaign with. Are there any businesses that this really doesn't work for that it's just not suitable for at all? Yeah, there are definitely a couple of businesses that that this isn't great for. And that will be kind of businesses in, uh, I don't want to say drier industries, but ones which don't have extensive kind of blogging circles or where their target audience just really doesn't spend time reading blogs. So, and it's much less relevant to B2B businesses. Anyone trying to sell directly to business doesn't work quite as well. And you'd be better off probably pursuing a strategy uh, for guest posting or looking on business websites for those kinds of things. For a good majority of businesses, then either working with bloggers, bloggers or some kind of influencers can really help. We have had some case studies, haven't we, where a really drier or boring business has had some blogger traction through whether it's like a really creative infographic or something like that. So it, it is possible, but it will be saying that it's it's not the typically not the best use of that time. There's there's usually other stuff which is going to get a better traction for those businesses. Yeah, it's definitely possible, but it's probably not. You wouldn't want to put all your eggs in that basket if that was your business. I mean, we've done things with a racking inspection company where we had a really, really creative infographic that was about fictional workplaces. So you can see that it's a bit more kind of out of the box than maybe most businesses would be starting with their online marketing efforts. Um, And it takes quite a lot of creativity to find something that would catch on in such a kind of dry or difficult or less kind of well-known, more niche kind of circle. Compared to things like Stacey was just talking about with with family bloggers, it's much easier to, to gain a lot of traction and fast. So yeah, there, there are definitely businesses where it could work for, but it would be more of a stretch and they might have more success in, in kind of other online marketing areas. Okay, so let's assume then that we've got a business which has a product or service which is going to be of appeal to to a blogger's audience. How do we go about first identifying and then approaching these guys, Charlie? So the first thing you want to do is know your own target customer and the kind of blogs that they would be reading so you'd be looking for the specific niche that they're in and that might be that might be even more niche than than something like fashion which would be really broad but if you're looking at ethical fashion or conscious fashion or sports fashion like you can look much much more niche and there's in those kinds of categories like it goes really really niche so you want to look kind of for the best the best kind of match that you can get for your business the, the aim is really to look for where your target audience is already reading. So bloggers uh, and influencers have a basically a ready-made audience that for a small business or a startup um, or even a medium-sized business just might not have access to at that time. So they want to tap into that ready-made audience and get their products in front of them. That's the aim. So you want to look for blogs in that specific niche or blogs. And there's loads of different ways of searching. It really depends what you're what you're searching for obviously the first way is just definitely to go straight for google google the specific niche of blog you're looking for and then i would start as narrow as possible and then go broader and broader and broader with your searches and then once you find a couple of really good bloggers look to see who their friends are bloggers often operate in a kind of network um, they ha- they work closely with other bloggers uh, so it's likely that their the friends in their circles will also be relevant to your business so it's a really good way to find people And then obviously you can search for influencers straight on social media platforms uh, using tools like follower wonk, using hashtag searches for popular hashtags. That kind of thing works really well. So Stacey, let's say that you've got a new client that you're doing some 
promotion for like i've got this really awesome pen i don't know if it's the sort of thing that might be of appeal but i think it might be because it's got a light in one end it writes really smoothly (laughs) and it's really good quality what would be your process to go and find some awesome bloggers who might be interested in reviewing this killer pen okay (laughs) interesting i think it's one of those things you might think oh pen or you know who's going to buy this pen that's where you start who's who's going to be interested in this pen who's going to buy this pen so in terms of bloggers you don't necessarily have to go super niche to start with. You don't have to, you know, be searching for a stationary blogger or something like that, which probably would be extremely niche and there are probably not that many of them. But a lifestyle blogger, specifically even mummy bloggers, there's a lot of bloggers out there. They really love stationary. So if you can find a couple of lifestyle bloggers where they've maybe got some gift guides or something like Charlie's mentioned before, they might have done like a back to school gift guide or something. And in that they've got, you know, tons of stuff that maybe students or older kids going back to school have got that on there. So you can have a look at those. And as Charlie said, again, if you find two or three that you think, right, these are really good, you can then mine further into their network. And there really are tons and tons of networks out there. A lot of bloggers have a lot of contacts online that they may necessarily not have met in real life but they consider to be really close friends because they are of a very similar niche online and they share a lot of brand overlaps so you you might work with one blogger that's you know done work with for example this pen company and as you set up this review and giveaway for this pen on this one blogger's website you might get 200 odd entries of which 20 of those may be bloggers in similar niches. So something that I've always used is if whenever I've set up a review or giveaway with a particular blogger is always review that review. If if you understand my meaning, once you've had the giveaway and it's all come to completion and you've got the winners, go through and look at the people that commented on that review. You know, what are they saying? Are they saying, oh, this is a really great brand. I really love, I really love to win this. And they've got a link to their blog in that comment, you know, that's effectively an open invitation to email them and say, hey, I saw that you commented on this review and giveaway. It looks like you didn't win, but we'd be really keen to, you know, speak to you about running a a similar thing on your blog. You know, what do you think about that? So that's something that's definitely been particularly useful for myself and for the brands that we've worked with is using those networks and just being quite smart and clever about how you're following up with these things, not necessarily to work with the same bloggers over and over again for the same things, but equally, if you've worked with four, five, six bloggers that have been particularly successful for one brand and you get something similar come along, there's no reason why you, we as PRs can't then contact them again and say, hey, you know, we had a really successful campaign for this client. I've got somebody new now that I think would be of interest to you you know, take a look and see what you think, you know, and you can build campaigns like that as well. That's cool. Okay. So once you get access to one blogger, they might be part of a a kind of informal or a formal blogger network. And then you can start to reach out to other people in that network. Are there any other places that we can go to just find networks straight away? Is there, you know, like a, a blogger network directory or anything like that? Thing is with blogger networks, you have to be a bit careful because there are some that are, um, a bit dodgy in terms of you might have one person that's set up quite a few sites and they're running them all themselves and that's not a good technique in terms of building links for your brand but there are legitimate networks so for example coming back to movie bloggers that's something i have a lot of experience with you have something called tops 100 so this is effectively a website that 
ranks parenting blogs in terms of their domain authority, in terms of their social media, all these different things. So that is a great place. If you've got a product that you know is targeted for parents, you know, you get on the TOTS 100 and it's not just 100. There's a lot more than 100 bloggers on there, but that, you, you know, you can go through there and you can look at, yes, they're all parenting bloggers, but they may be parenting bloggers that are into you know organic and sustainable products or they might be parenting bloggers that are into gadgets or you know so it that that's a really useful thing and there's quite a lot of different things like that and there's also places you can sign up where i'm not sure i think charlie i think you'll know what they're called where you can sign up as a blogger but you can also sign up as a brand and effectively these websites try and bring bloggers and brands together Charlie, you know a bit more about that than I do. Um, yeah, so there'd be we would just kind of refer to them as blogger databases or networks, but there's there's loads of them out there, including shoutout.ly, which is one that we run. Uh, there's loads of What's different. What's that ones. URL, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> shoutout.ly, shoutout.ly. Yeah, and then so they're kind of like databases where both bloggers and brands sign up and can be connected through the database. Uh, so by whoever's managing that database. There's loads of different ones. There's some where brands themselves can actually post ads on there, usually for a paid amount of money to find bloggers as well. And there's some which are totally free to sign up to. Those are where usually a PR or whoever's behind the database will work to match up the brands and the bloggers. But in most cases, the brands will pay a fee to be in the database uh, and the bloggers, it will be free for them. But there's loads of things. There's loads of free options as well. A lot of like Facebook groups. I know that our team do a lot of Facebook outreach to find specific groups of bloggers. Um, so that can be things like searching for bloggers in Oxford or bloggers in Bristol. Uh, there's usually quite a lot of groups of bloggers by a specific location, particularly for the UK and bigger cities. And it would be the same for the States and most other countries as well. And also bloggers by niche you find on Facebook. Uh, so there's loads of blogger groups such as like vegan bloggers in Berlin or female travel bloggers or things like that. Just those kind of searches on both Facebook and also on Twitter, you'll probably be able to find a small network of bloggers um, that would be good to work with specifically if you're targeting a certain niche or location. Um, those can be really good to find quite a few in one go. And like Stacey said, there's, there's listing sites for loads of different areas, not just the TOTS 100, but also for interior and design bloggers, pretty much for any kind of blogger you want. If you search, for example, like top 100 beauty bloggers in the UK, you'd probably find a big list of them that loads of other websites have published as well. And they're really useful places to start for people who aren't quite sure what bloggers they want to work with, or perhaps don't know any bloggers to begin with. You can run through a big list and just, I always just hit search on my keyboard and look for the specific keyword I'm looking for. Uh, so if I was looking for a beauty blogger who specializes in lipstick, then I'd just hit F3 and search for lipstick on a top list of 100 bloggers and go from there. It can be a really good way to, to find people quickly. Okay, so it sounds like our listeners are not going to have any trouble finding enough blogs to reach out for. So if you know if say i've got 100 of these pens and each one's costing me 15 pounds to send out i don't want to just be sending loads of them out willy-nilly do i i want to make sure that i'm i'm sending them to the most influential so how do we take that big list of all the people that we've kind of collected who we think might be suitable and whittle it down to those who are going to be most authoritative and likely to make us the most money possible yeah, that's a really good point. So the best way is to make a big list of all the bloggers you think would be relevant first. 
um, and then decide your budget, estimate how many bloggers you could actually realistically send something out to before you contact them. There's loads of metrics that we use to decide whether a blogger is worth is worth working with. So the first thing to do is make sure they're in a relevant audience and they're writing in a relevant niche. Check the quality of their content on their on their blog. Make sure it's something that you like and something that you would want your business, brand, product, service to be associated with. Um, if their writing style just really isn't something that you like, then I would just cross them off because obviously uh, you want a certain brand message when you're when you're working with bloggers or influencers. The next thing to check would be the website's authority. So a really good way to do this is to use uh, Moz's Open Site Explorer tool and check the domain authority. So you can just plug in the website URL and it will give you a number out of 100. Usually we look to work with bloggers over the kind of domain authority of 20 or 25, but our, our main thing is to work with bloggers who have a higher domain authority than the business's own website is a good way to judge it. So if you're already doing quite well and your DA is quite high, you want to work with even more authoritative bloggers. If you're really, really new or you've just launched your website, then you'd be looking sort of lower DA bloggers around the DA 20s is a good way to start. Two other metrics we use if, if you're really into your metrics is trust flow and citation flow. So that's how well trusted a website is and how good the links are to their own website. And that's through a tool called Majestic. Uh, you can run a couple of URLs through there for free the same way through Moz and it will give you those those figures. They're a good extra one as well. And then especially if you're planning on running a giveaway or working with a social media influence, so you want to check not only the social media followings, but their engagement and the amount of interactions that they have on their social media too. So check the numbers, check how many retweets they get, check if they've run a giveaway before and how successful it was, how many entries it got. And then lastly, check website traffic. So see where their traffic's coming from. Are they based in the country where where you want your product to be to be launched or to be doing well? Or are they just getting loads of click-throughs from like the Philippines and it's not really relevant? Um, so check that, check where it's coming from. Those are the good ones. All right, so let's say that we've pulled together a lovely list of bloggers which we think will be perfect to promote our products. It looks like they've got the right sort of target audience. Stacey, what do you do how how do we reach out to these guys how do we get them to run a contest like we're asking them to promote our products for free or very little money right so how how on earth do we go about doing that okay just quickly to go back to one point that charlie made just to reiterate something with the domain authority a lot of bloggers that are not self-hosted so you have places where you can set up a blog like blogspot or something like that or wordpress where you can set one up where it's you know your blog name dot blogspot or dot wordpress.com so when you put that into moz it might come back with a domain authority of 70 but that's not their blog that's wordpress or that's blogspot so we tend to steer clear of those unless you're looking to do something that's very niche in terms of your location. You might be in a very small town or something where you want to promote something locally, in which case, you know, maybe you go for the non-self-hosted bloggers. But that was just something I wanted to reiterate from Charlie's point as well. But in terms of you've got this great list uh, and you're really excited and you've worked out your budget and you know what you want to do now, you've got to contact these people. For me, it's it's about the way that you communicate. So I think um, these days a lot of people have become quite disillusioned with the whole corporate world and, you know, that everybody receives so much junk in their email that, you know, most people just delete things before they've even read it. 
So what you need to steer clear of is sending out just one generic blanket. Hey, look at this great product. Do you want to try it for free? You know, people are just going to delete that because they're going to think it's spam. So now you've got this wonderful list of people and you've done your research, you know, go that little step further. So make sure it's personable and make sure it's genuine and make sure that you learn a little bit about this blogger that you're about to pitch to, you know, go onto their blog and find out their name. So that when you send that email, it says, hi, Sarah, instead of hi, Sarah.com or whatever, whatever they're, you know, don't just do it so that it's one of these filled, fill in the spots, you know, computer generated pitch. So find out their name. If, if it's a mummy blogger and it's a product that you're sending out that actually their kid's the one that's going to be using it, find out their kid's name. Hey, Sarah, saw that you previously had done you know a gift guide on back to school stationery we've got this really awesome pen that we think you and thomas would really appreciate you know check it out have a look at it if you think you'd be interested in your unit email us back it's that personal approach that the non-copy paste the non-blanket email that people will respond to and if that's the point that you're getting across right from the get-go you know you've made the effort to find out their name and you've made the effort to go and mention that you've read something on their blog they're going to be so much more likely to respond to you even if it's to say hey do you know what we reviewed a pen with light on two weeks ago so we're not going to do it again but if that's the case because you've been personal they might say but actually i know x y and z that might be interested in reviewing that instead. So not only have you made this connection with a potential customer that may well remember that in the future, but they've now referred to you two or three different bloggers that you can now go and contact. Sweet. So be personal, make sure you do your research. I guess it's just like any sort of outreach, isn't it? By understanding and showing that you've actually put the time in to look at what they're doing and that you've chosen them rather than just I've got a, an email database of 2000 bloggers, which I'm just going to blast out now where it's all just, as you say, completely generic, mail merged, fill in the name, fill in the email. I hope you and your baby will like it. And they're like, I don't even have a baby. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I, I definitely agree with what Stacey's saying here about being more personal with your emails as well. And particularly when you're working with bloggers and influencers, it's really good to connect with them on social media first. If you're a brand, connecting as your your Twitter page or liking as your Facebook page is a really good way for them to notice your brand before you send them the email. So it's kind of like incrementally building that up. Um, and if you're a PR, it's also really great to connect with them on Twitter because, for example, if, if I'm sending out an email to a blogger, but I've already connected with them on Twitter. They know who I am. They've seen my face on my Twitter profile and they know what brand I'm representing or what company I'm working for. So it seems much less like an out of the blue thing that they weren't expecting. So I would always do that first and make that kind of like, make that kind of effort to see what they're, what they're doing, what they're blogging about, what their content's like and show them that you've actually been following them. This isn't just you throwing out emails from a database. And my other tip would be to say with the generic email thing, which we always try to avoid, but actually tell them straight straight away what the product or service is that you're offering. Tell them what your business is and what you're actually doing, what you want to arrange. So just like Stacey was saying, she's very direct in the email. She's talking about the her product is the pen that she's representing. This is the feature of the pen. It's why it's cool. She thinks you'd like it because of this reason. Generic emails or emails where the PRs or, or the business try and fluffily talk around 
the products that they're they're trying to send out or they don't give you the link to the website they don't give you the link to the specific pen they're talking about all of those kinds of things just are a real turn off for bloggers and it's a really good way to just end up having your email deleted even if you even if you did bother to personalize it with their name and stuff so just make the emails really concise and really open straight from the beginning that makes sense and charlie you actually run a travel blog don't you so you're really <laughs> useful here because you can give us first-hand experience so Yes. What are some other immediate turnoffs when a PR or a business is pitching you on on some kind of promotion or, or some content? There are there are so many things like having no subject line on the email would be is a major one for me, or having a, having a really generic subject line that's not telling me what what they want. It will just say something like collaboration or opportunity or some amazing opportunity for me, which is just a really for me just a really clunky way to approach something obviously it's a mutually beneficial opportunity so it's not just an amazing deal for the blogger and you know if the blogger feels it's a good deal for them they'll feel that way anyway you don't need to you don't need to tell them what an amazing thing you're doing for them yeah no name that's a really big one no name no link to the company website no specifics on the actual product often one i see as well will be like a really kind of fluffy and irrelevant discussion about something the other day i got one about do you want to travel or just live and i was like that doesn't even really make any sense and um, but act- actually the company were trying to get me to review their packing cubes um, but it would have been much better for me just to see an email with the with the with the the subject line that was like product review opportunity travel packing cubes and then it just be like hey charlie we have some awesome travel packing cubes here are the details here's the size here's the color here's the link to the, the page here's what we'd want you to include let us know if you're interested but instead it was just this massive story about you know, do you, are you really living your life to the full if you're not traveling and da la la. And I was like, you know, all of those things are just, that's that's really great, but you kind of, maybe you'd have those conversations with your friends. When, when you're actually working with PRs or businesses, it's, it's really good to actually keep to the point and uh, talk about what it is, what it is that you want the blogger to do for you and uh, what the mutual benefit would be. And then another thing is work, asking bloggers to work for free that's a massive massive turn off you always have to be offering the blogger something it's unlikely that a blogger would ever decide to run a guest post or promote your business in any way without some kind of something in return uh, whether that's a product something to give away to their audience or a fee for sponsored content or an invite to an event even so always be making an actually mutually beneficial offer not just a one-sided kind of please promo me when you're approaching a blogger. You want to have something that both people are benefiting from. Yeah, right, because they've put in time, energy, probably money in building their audience. And I, I guess they are the magazines of the generation, aren't they? So you wouldn't expect a magazine to just advertise your products for free. So why would you expect a blogger to just promote your products for free? Yeah, exactly the same. And it's definitely the way to see it is if you wouldn't be writing into Mary Claire or The Guardian and asking them to run an ad for your product for free, then you shouldn't be doing the same approach online as well, because it's really just burning valuable time that you could actually be using to to build links or to gain promotions through an actual, you know, beneficial, mutually beneficial arrangement with someone. Cool. So be personal, be real, because the bloggers are switched on. They know the deal. You don't need to try and creep up on them with a pitch to do the review. You know, they know the deal. They know why you're contacting them and uh, don't expect them to do it for free. When we come back, we're going to be talking about how to follow up with these guys because they're not all going to agree to publish your stuff immediately. 
Interested in learning more about digital marketing and want to access the latest ninja strategies? The Exposure Ninja blog is where we share some of our coolest stuff. So if you want to see behind the scenes of some real-life marketing campaigns, find out what's working for us on the front line and keep up to date with the latest in digital marketing, head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash blog. We update it regularly, at least twice a week. So if you want to learn more about websites, SEO, pay-per-click, social, Facebook ads, or anything else digital marketing, then head over and subscribe at ExposureNinja.com forward slash blog. Alrighty, welcome back. So we've reached out to the bloggers that we found and we've asked them to review our product or to run a giveaway or something like that. Stacey, are they just going to immediately reply to us saying, yes, please send it over? Uh, sometimes, maybe, but not all the time. Often, if you've nailed your pitch and you've done all the, you know, you've made your effort, you've you've gone and found out about them, it's really personal and you've written a really precise pitch it's got to the point they've gone and had a look at it and if it's something they're genuinely interested in they probably will get back to you straight away so that's great other times it might take a couple of days it might take a week it might even take a month but that doesn't necessarily mean they're not interested so one thing that we always do is if we we send out a pitch that you know say we, we send out a few different pictures of different bloggers for this product all in the same kind of niche and maybe three or four get back to us straight away and then maybe 10 we don't hear anything from we will always follow up on those 10 we won't just think oh well they've not seen it you know as i said before people get a lot of emails especially bloggers you know they they probably get between 5 10 20 depending on the authority of the blogger these kind of emails every day and if they're busy maybe they've just not seen it you know, and by the time the next day rolls around, the next day rolls around, your email's at the bottom of the pile. They're maybe not even going to go back and look at it. So we might leave it a week and then we, we just send something back. You don't send the whole email again. You just send something like, hey, I just wondered if um, you'd seen my email I sent last week. Maybe just highlight one little point from your previous email. You know, it was regarding this. You know, do have a quick look. And if you're interested, you know, hit us back and, and we can have a chat about it. The good thing about talking to bloggers is you don't have to be so formal. You know, if you're going to go and do some outreach to, you know, some of the big magazines or some of the other publications, you might want to be a bit more professional. But with bloggers, it's a bit more friendly. You can kind of be a bit more laid back in the way that you're doing it and a bit more personable. And actually, I find that gets a lot more success in terms of if you follow up and just give them a slight nudge. Oh, hey, just wonder if you've seen this you know, probably eight times out of 10, you'll then get a response, even if it's just them saying, oh, hi, yeah, I did see it. Sorry, it's not for me. At least then you know, and you're not sat waiting, thinking, or have they seen that? Another thing to consider as well is specifically, again, coming back to the parenting bloggers, it comes down to timing. So we've just had the summer holidays, which is an extremely busy period for a lot of parents, because you know, they've got the kids to entertain, a lot of them go away on holiday. If you send an email at the beginning of summer holidays, you know, chances are, a lot of those bloggers are going to be away. Now, that's not to say they won't respond to you because a lot of them, like the rest of us, are attached to their phones, they're checking their emails. But if they're abroad, you know, they're maybe not going to get back to you as, as quickly as you might think. So that's something else to bear in mind is the timing of when you're sending things. Um, so that, again, it just comes down to knowing your audience. You try and figure out the best times for you to ramp up where you're sending out pitches and other times to scale it back. It's all about getting that return on your investment. You know, that's not necessarily always about money. It's about your time. So if you can plan, okay, we've got Christmas coming up and we know bloggers are going to be looking at putting together gift guides probably from, you know, about October 
right the way through to Christmas, that's the kind of time where you want to be saying to them, hey, you know, we've got this product because you've got to factor in, you've got to mail it to them. You know, they've got to have time to actually review it. And then there's got to be time for if you're doing a giveaway to get that product to the people that have won it. So it's just about being a bit clever and having a plan and just being aware of when those busy periods are likely to be for your niche. Cool. All right. And Charlie, you mentioned that um, we shouldn't be expecting bloggers to do this stuff free. So are they going to ask for money when we email them or do we have to email them and say, hey, you know, we're going to pay you a bunch of money for this? What's the best way to approach that? This really depends on the blogger, the authority of their website and what you're actually offering them, what kind of collaboration you're trying to arrange with them. Um, In the case of of product reviews, most bloggers probably won't ask for money, most kind of low to mid-level bloggers anyway, but really, really high authority bloggers. So, I mean, if you're a a lipstick brand trying to get featured on Zoella, for example, then you're definitely going to be asked for money. Or if you're, you know, a, a fashion brand trying to get featured on Wonderful You, then you're definitely going to be asked for money. So those kind of really high authority bloggers will definitely ask for kind of hosting or review fees. And that's particularly true if they're not personally in love with your product, if it's not something that they themselves actually really, really want. So it's that's also a really good reason to to look for the kind of more middle middle level bloggers who have a kind of authority of around 30 to 40. Um, if you're starting to look at bloggers who have got like a domain authority that goes above 70, then yeah, you're definitely going to get asked for money, which depending on your business and the, the size of the size of your business, the cost price of your products um, or the service that you want them to review, then it may well be worth it. Um, the kind of the kind of coverage that you could get from Zoella, Wonderful You or, or any of those really, really massive bloggers, uh, irrelevant of the niche could could be huge. If it's really relevant for your product, you might want to consider it. So, yeah, uh, for giveaways, it's pretty standard practice to provide two products for the giveaway. So that would be one product for the blogger, which they'll usually they'll usually review themselves, take photos of and feature on their blog or social media. And then another product for the prize. You're more likely to be asked for a hosting fee for competitions, but that's also not always the case uh, and does depend on on really the, the size of the product and the prize, what's being provided and and also the authority of the blogger. There's also sponsored content, so that's that's publishing publishing an article without giving a blogger a product or a free service. So really you're paying them to publish an article and bloggers always require a fee for that. It's it's really, really rare um, for bloggers to accept guest post offers, though it might happen sometimes. So yeah, publishing content will will cost a fee and that should be discussed and negotiated between the brand and the blogger. That will also depend on on what exactly the brand's asking for and just the blogger's own own authority and their kind of personal feeling about those kinds of things and their personal feeling about the brand they're working with. Okay, so you don't go in offering money, you wait for them to say, we charge a hosting fee or, you know, if you want to do sponsored content, it's going to be this much, right? My advice would be to go in making an offer of a product or um, a giveaway, so or a sponsored content arrangement. So let them know what it is that you want to do. Um, if it's sponsored content and you have a small budget, then you can let them know straight from the beginning. If it's if you're just providing a product for a review or a giveaway, then I would just let them know what product you'd be able to provide uh, and they'll let you know if they have hosting or review fees in their first reply email back. Perfect. Okay, cool. So let's say that all goes well and they publish and they do a review, we send them out the product, they do a giveaway, we send them out the product. Once that post has gone live, what do we need to be doing with it, Stacey? 
Well, most of the time, once they've published something, they'll email you and say, hey, you know, I've published this. Because what we always say with brands is before you send anything, you know, make sure you agree your terms. So it's fair, all very well, you know, having this conversation in front and saying, oh, yeah, we're going to send you this product and, you know, you're going to review it. But if you don't say to them, you know, we'd like that review it within two weeks, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you might send something out and you never see these bloggers again. That's not particularly common, but it's always good to have up front these terms. So, you know, you'll you'll say, this is what I'm going to send you. We would usually ask that the review goes up within two weeks. We'd like a link to this page or whatever else. Just make sure you've got all that in black and white up front and they're happy and they've agreed to that. So, like you say, you get all that, you move forward, they publish. The one thing we always do is make sure you thank them. So you you set you go and look at the post and it's great. They've done some great photography. They've got some great pictures. They've got all sorts of different stuff on there. And you think that's really great. You know, just tell them. Um, I think a, lo- a lot of people just kind of assume that, oh, we've done this arrangement, so I don't need to say thanks for it. Well, they've still put a lot of effort into it. So make sure you do thank them and and prove to them that you've gone and looked at it and you appreciate what they've done. You could even... If you are the brand yourself, I mean, we wouldn't necessarily do it as PRs, but if you're the brand yourself you and you can see that they've shared it on social media, you know, you can comment on their on their post and say, oh, hey, this is really great. Thanks for viewing our product. And you could then share that post, uh, particularly if it's got competition in it. You know, that's going to be something for you that you want to be sharing because that's more promotion, you know, for your brand and for your product. Okay, so it just comes back to kind of being real and being genuine and being like actually a nice person when you're dealing with these guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because ultimately, every brand has somebody behind it, you know, especially small businesses. A lot of the times you're either one or two people, you know, working pretty hard to to get your brand and your business out there and get people, you know, on board with, with who you are and what your brand stands for. So people value that personal interaction and ultimately if you go above and beyond in terms of the customer service that you're providing even if you're providing somebody something for free you know for a giveaway if you're going above and beyond with your customer services even with that they're going to remember that and like you said before you know the bloggers are the modern day magazine adverts but they've actually got more clout because with social media there's so many interactions happening every single second of every single day you know if if you're seen to be talking and interacting with these bloggers that are reviewing your product you know their audience are seeing that as well and again you can actually get a lot of referrals from these bloggers in the future because they're going to say oh hey i did this review but they probably do hundreds of reviews every year but if you stand out in their head they're always going to remember that and actually, we've had some really positive feedback from some of the bloggers that we've worked with some with some brands because they've actually said, oh, hey, you know, I really appreciate that. And actually, you've sent me this product for free, but I was so impressed with it. And I was so impressed with how the whole thing went that I'm actually going to go and buy some more stuff. So not only have you given them something for free, they're actually going and spending more money on your product off their own back because they had such a good experience. Yeah, we have had that a couple of times. And actually, as a blogger, I, I find that even when you work with a brand and they specifically go out of their way to be really, really friendly, you actually find yourself mentioning them again in the future, even though it's not a prearranged kind of agreement. Or if you, you have someone who asks specifically about that kind of product or something in that industry, then you're much, much more likely to recommend them if they'd been really friendly and, and, and personal when they spoke to you. And I, I don't mean like completely laid back and just blasé, but like friendly and professional, really organised and 
and you actually really liked their product, then it, it often the relationship goes much further beyond just that initial, I published this post for the product you give me and that's the end of it. Really friendly brands who bloggers would, would try and work with again and also just promote because they, they liked them. So almost like real world networking. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, all right, I think this has been really useful. Hopefully people have got a, a good idea of how to go about using this strategy for their business if it's the sort of thing that, that's likely to do well from blogger, vlogger and social media outreach. Let's say that we get one of these uh, these reviews and a, a contest up. What sort of results would we be expecting for it? Would we be expecting our website to immediately go to the top of Google and for every one of the bloggers followers to immediately come and buy all of our products? What you know, what's the deal? What's realistic here? We probably wouldn't be expecting that. That's probably pretty beyond realistic. You'd expect kind of incremental gains from this kind of stuff and and the more the more kind of product reviews giveaways or, or service reviews if you're a service business that you gain over time the kind of more movement you'd see in things like google rankings and and traffic referral traffic coming through from those blogs the the kind of results you would see depend on loads of different factors as you'd probably guess uh, including the product and service uh, the size of the audience the size of the niche the, the authority of the blog loads of different things one competition that Stacey ran, I can give you some exact figures on. Uh, she sent out some organic children's clothing uh, for a product review and a giveaway. So that's one set for the blogger and one set as a prize. Uh, and that was with a blog called Chic Geek Diary. And they ran that giveaway for five weeks and it generated 17,000 entries. The blog post was viewed 9,000 times had 95 comments and then 418 social media shares. So that's like a kind of huge immediate thing that you would see from running a review and a giveaway with a good authority blog, a reasonably good authority blog. And as a result of that, the brand's Twitter followers doubled within that five weeks. And obviously the visibility increased substantially in that time as well. So you can expect to see kind of those results from a review or giveaway straight away within, within the, the first kind of couple of weeks of publishing that review or giveaway and then in terms of when you're looking at rankings and traffic that's going to work the same way as if you're building links in any other way the more links that you start building the more blogs you're publishing with the higher authority links that you're getting the more mentions you're getting on social media then over time you'll see an incremental rise in traffic and, and rankings yeah i mean those we did a case study for listeners we did we did a case study on the exposure ninja blog so if you just google exposure ninja social media contests you'll see a case study there um, breaking down exactly what stacy did for that giveaway and the numbers are just insane for the money i don't think there is any better way to get reach and impressions for a brand it's just ridiculous so high five to you stacy that was amazing but I just want to reiterate for that one as well, that the the, the uh, example that Charlie just given, the product we gave away was, you know, retail value, 20 quid. So we're yeah. not talking you need to give away, you know, a TV or an iPad here, which obviously would get a lot of interest. But we're talking, you know, one pair of kids pajamas, which got all this interest, because as you said before, it's all about targeting. You've got a blogger that fits the niche. You've got an audience that fits the niche. You've got a blogger that, is active on social media and has done this before. So that's something else when we're targeting people to do contests. Yes, we want all these metrics, but also have they done it before? You know, if you go and look on their blog and yeah, it's got a high domain authority and they've got loads of social media followers, but they've never run a competition before. That's not going to do as well as the blogger that's, you know, up the road that has done 
200 contests you know so it's it's about having that it's that fine line of perfect product perfect targeting and you know that little bit of experience to know they're really going to work hard for you so that that was just something else to say about that one fantastic well i think that's a good way to uh, to round up so thank you so much for joining us girls thanks for having us and if any of the listeners want some free advice on how they can be using social media contests to boost visibility of their products then you can get a free digital marketing review from exposureninja.com forward slash review and that review will break down how you can use strategies like this to get your brand more visibility and to generate more leads and sales online but that's all from us today so look out for next week's episode and don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating to the podcast on itunes or wherever you found it if you found it useful but thank you for joining us and see you all next week